0: Welcome to Limitless Wrestling Podcast, the official podcast for your favorite indie promotion of all time, Maine's own Limitless Wrestling. My name is Josh Nason, and on this week's show, it's a very special edition of the show. We look back at the prestigious era in Limitless Wrestling, including a timeline of how and why things came together, and of course, eventually, how things came apart. Of course, joining me on this journey are two of the men prominently involved, the one and only czar of Limitless, Randy Carver. And the man that helped put this all together, former podcast host of this very podcast, you know, from ad-free shows all over the internet, of course, in the Limitless Wrestling ring himself, John Alba. Randy, welcome, John. Welcome back.
1: It's great to be here. Uh, I'm excited for this one. It's something different than we typically do for a podcast. We haven't done a deep dive like this in a long time, so uh, good to do it and good to have you guys
2: here. Yeah, I can't wait to do this. This is going to be really fun because we're going to probably peel back the curtain more than just about any indie promotion ever has with this episode. And I think people are going to really form an appreciation, Josh, for the amount of intricacy and care that goes into the storytelling in Limitless Wrestling
0: to the point that i have the pay stubs i know which each guy got paid we're going to delve <laughs> deep into that g- i mean I wait a minute
2: really- wait a minute people got paid for this well i mean <laughs> hey, easy josh let's, uh, let's cut it here bro <laughs>
0: um before we do that really quickly obviously i want to remind you uh chasing forever saturday september 12th september 24th at the arm and vets tickets on sale at limelswrestling.com as we speak of course the seventh year celebration seventh year anniversary of Limitless Alex Price defending the title against Ace Romero in a title versus career match. We have uh, some debuts, Rip Bison coming back, Anthony Green coming back. We just heard him uh, last week in uh, the, the podcast that just uh, dropped recently. And also, really quick, Randy, uh, this is a, kind of a twofold fold thing. Uh, MSP taking on Dirty Dango, and a Dirty Dango has found a partner, am I
1: right? Yes, he has. It's going to be the returning Harry Smith, who... Has not been in a Limitless ring in three years. We haven't seen him since the Portland Expo, and also someone undefeated against MSP in Limitless Wrestling.
0: That's true. Yeah, you guys remember back uh, the day him teaming with uh, Teddy Hart against MSP. That was uh, some fun matches there, and yeah, that should be great. And then also uh, we should mention that being timely, uh, depending on when this comes out, MSP fellas getting their AEW debuts on uh, on after uh, prior to Dark at the Dark Elevate prior to Dynamite rather. The dark elevation tapings taking on private party and and Randy, I know you were texting quite a bit last night. I, I was asking about this. What this was a a big deal, a big deal, there, big thing.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. Um, stoked for those dudes, man. It, it's been a while and a long time coming, and uh, really cool that they got a match too. And I, I think cool in the grand scheme of main wrestling history that it was Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy, Aiden Agro and Danger Kid. You know they came up in the same locker room as Mark Quinn when he got a lot of his early reps in the IWE. So. Uh, similar circles on the come up for uh, the three of those guys and Isaiah Cassidy. A lot of his early matches in his first year were in Limitless Wrestling, so they have ties to the main wrestling scene and MSP. Uh, finally getting the chance to showcase the vibe on a big stage like
2: AEW. Yeah, well, you know, I just put in some calls to the Hardy family office. I made it happen, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. John <laughs> taking credit for MSP
1: success. The, the private pa- private episode.
2: party is a big part of the uh, AFO, and yeah, you know, I, I got I got some call. Nah, it was awesome. I, I was so proud of those guys, and I, you know, Randy, I've been waiting for someone to give them a chance. It it blew my mind that nobody had, and it's about time that they got their due recognition and hopefully there's more to come because i on a shoot those two are literally day ones for me from the moment i stepped into indie wrestling those two were there and i'm so proud of them and i know how proud you are it's great representation of limitless wrestling
0: yep i would agree I i was surprised they have not got their shot uh in a variety of places including a uh, a, a big quote-unquote big tag team tournament for the nwa crockett cup i i have yeah, 16 te- i i just don't understand they haven't got the chance yet but uh, all that's in the past they get a big chance against AEW and again uh, in AEW. depending on when you're hearing this uh, you'll be able to watch it on youtube starting uh, monday night and uh yeah let AEW know help these guys get booked again good stuff all right fellas oh actually randy anything else about uh, chasing forever before we get to our, our main focus
1: I will just mention that we have dipped to uh, low ticket territory. We're under 90 tickets remaining now for the show. So uh, LimitlessWrestling.com slash tickets for any information or tickets.
2: Well, And there's one more thing too, Josh. Limitless Wrestling just surpassed 1 million subscribers on YouTube.
0: That's right, Randy. That means we pick a special guest to go around the world, a Limitless Wrestling show, wherever they want to. Do you want to pick the name <laughs> now? Am I doing that? What, what's happening?
1: Um, maybe we'll talk about that when we get to like 2 million. Um, oh, yeah, uh, kind of cool that it was also on the actual like seven year uh, anniversary of Limitless Wrestling on the 12th of this month. But uh, yeah, officially uh surpassed a million on uh YouTube. We want to thank everybody for subscribing and watching through the years. And right now, it's the best time to subscribe right now if you haven't, or at least check out the channel because we are releasing some of the best matches in Limitless history. Uh, to celebrate 1 million and uh, there's already been Jonah versus Mike Bailey uh, the submission match between Daniel Garcia and Lee Moriarty and much more to come
0: Mm. and obviously a good chance to catch up on some stuff because just a few months Randy we're gonna be doing year-end awards and all that
1: yeah we're only a couple months away at this point kind of of crazy to think about but uh, it's been a hectic year
0: now, one quick suggestion. I, I believe uh, for one million subscribers, you're going to get some sort of a uh, plaque or something like that in the mail. If I if I n-
1: remember right, I believe so. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of rusty on how that whole process works.
0: Well, I mean, to me, it should be a, a championship of sorts, defended in limitless. I think it it is mm. uh, gets put on the line. You know, it's a it's a it's a prized item. You know, Dynamite has the Dynamite Diamond Ring and. You know, everyone has uh, you NXT UK R I P has the they used to have the Heritage Cup, and officially a belt, but you know all that. So I mean, I'm just throwing the idea out there. Maybe this thing gets defended on a on a show to show basis.
1: Yeah, we'll throw that thing on a chain and get it done.
0: Yeah, oh, I, I don't know what that means, but I hope it's good. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing probably not. Anyway, let's go to something we know that's going to be good: is a timeline, the a history, an oral history, to so to speak, of prestigious the trio. Uh, that uh, was led by john alba with uh, mac daniels the notorious brg and Chang thomas of course and let's go back in the time machine to a a uh, a period of not a lot of fun going on in the world december 2020 the VLC cup that year of course this was the first closed taping era this is the first uh, full event uh that Limitless did a much different time than it is now and i guess we'll kind of start with uh with with uh john here so what we'll kind of set the stage all three guys where were they at their point of their respective limitless careers we'll, we'll start there
2: uh, they didn't exist it's as simple as that they all three had been kind of just sitting in let's wrestle each trying to find themselves and i think that's kind of what the whole prestigious story is it's a story of discovery for everyone involved, including for, I think, Randy, too, in seeing everyone evolve into who they are right now. And I think that the story has to even start before the 2020 VLC in December, where I I had been on my three-plus-year ban at this point, essentially, from Limitless. But truthfully, as as Randy, I'm sure, will tell you, Uh, Randy and I were collaborating a lot in that time, and and I'm very grateful for that, that Randy let me have a hand, even though I wasn't there, in trying to help tell great stories. And we, I'd say, Randy, geez, I was actually looking back through our messages the other day. Man, we started planning that 2020 VLC show in December. We, We probably started planning that in like August, maybe trying to get that, what what a closed taping might look like. And it was there that Randy and I talked about me not just doing commentary for it, but also trying to get Mac Daniels a call up. So I feel like all the pieces just kind of came together for that.
0: Randy, what do you remember about that time?
1: Uh, Kind of exactly that. Like it was a a big time feeling out process, not only for like what our events were going to look like, but who was going to be a part of that crew. I mean, there was... Summer of 2020, there was a lot of change in the world of wrestling and the world in general, but uh, everybody felt the ripples, you know, and when we were, you know, we were forecasting something like the cup months out, like John's talking about. So, really, we wanted that cup to be kind of the fresh new step forward for Limitless Wrestling. We knew we were going to have some spots available on the roster. Um, Some of our uh, OGs got signed up or maybe even were out of wrestling at that point, so... Um, It was time for new people to step up and uh, we knew that we had a good crop of people within like Let's Wrestle um, before the pandemic. And then as we got into the closed tapings that weren't just the straight up live events that were more just tapings, like we saw breakout stars arise on the pandemic at the dojo series. And uh, at that point, I believe uh, we were like, I think, through season one of The Road and halfway through season two when the vacation land cup 2020 actually hits. So, um, you know, we had some cultivation in the process of like people who were making their way and uh, we're just undeniable at that point, you know what I mean? And uh, I don't recall uh, necessarily like when, but uh, you know, I knew that Brett and Channing at least were going to be a part of that. And they, they did make their tag debut on that vacation land cup event in December of 2020. Uh, Channing had been in Limitless before. Brett had, too, technically, uh, back at the Locker Mess Festival. I think in, like, 2017, he wrestled Xavier Bell on a whim. And uh, he was a last-second, like, replacement. And he was also uh, someone I knew very well from the main wrestling scene because, as Todd Harris, he was up here many, many times for IWE back in the day and was a bright spot on those events. But uh, asked me a few years ago if I thought I'd ever be booking him in a big spot, and I would have laughed. But, he dude uh we'll get to it but i mean they just they just did so much to just be guys who you couldn't deny anymore you know and uh it was the start of it you know we i think that the big convo is like we just the they were three standouts in let's wrestle mac brett and channing but like how do we uh get them to a point where they're not going to feel like strangers on this roster so
0: at this event, uh, which you can watch on IWTV if you have not already, John Albert returning to the full-time commentary position and Presti- the Prestige, as they were called then, or at least two of the guys made their uh, Limitless Tag Team debut, as you just mentioned. So they took on the Beverage Barons. Yeah, this feels like a thousand years ago. Puff and, <laughs> Puff and Megabyte Ronnie uh, taking on the Prestige, picking up the victory over Cheney Thomas and BRG on that night. And John, you were on the call. Uh, as you mentioned before, you know, the road was happening. Mac Daniels, uh, getting, making his way and, uh, getting some matches there. And I, I guess, when did the wheels, uh, kind of get put into motion to start bringing this group together? Where are the well, seeds? John? So, so that?
2: early that show, and, and I'm not sure if you even were familiar with this, but there was actually a kickoff match for that show. And the kickoff match was, uh, Ricky Archer, now Ricky smokes, uh, CJ Cruz, which is now mortar. Um, Tyree Taylor and Mac Daniels in his first ah, ever Limitless right. Wrestling match and that was where I was, I was officially his agent and Randy we had run what was it I believe two matches in Let's Wrestle with me managing him just to kind of get a feel for it
1: yeah I think it was uh there was the Aiden Agro match for and sure and then Let's Rumble right yes
2: yeah so you know we kind of put feelers out there to see because as we've talked about here Mac and I have legitimate history together, and that's kind of what led to this. And I feel like you were, and this is just my assessment of it, I feel like you were a little tepid with, you weren't sure if Mac was quite ready for that stage yet, and you wanted to try to get a feel for, did he belong? Because he had been so it's still pretty relatively recent that he was into the game and being thrust into that stage, especially on a show that is as important as that I think you kind of wanted to throw him into the fire there to see what he would do. And truthfully, this was also my first time seeing Channing and Brett work together. And it was immediately after that show that something popped into my head, but I'm curious what your thoughts were as far as Mac goes and the prestige goes there.
1: Yeah, I was like, uh, I don't know. I just didn't want to throw Mac into a position. He wasn't ready for to be perfectly honest. And, uh, he's always someone who uh, I think should get out there more. And that was a time period, obviously a time period where you could not get out more. So uh, really it was the, the reps that we're seeing, you know, the matches that we're seeing on the road or pandemic at the dojo, that's going to be the indication of what you're going to get on a bigger stage. So, um, but it was time. I mean, sometimes you get to that point and it's just like, all right, uh, you're going to throw someone in the spot and it's, it's kind of a sink or swim situation. Not that it's that dire, but like, uh, it could make them a spot for the next six months, or it might just, uh, you know, lead to a callback in six instead. Um, but uh, yeah, I wanted to. I mean, I think Mac was ready for a scenario like that. At least I think like it was a good first look at Brett and Channing as a team too. And they were, uh, I don't know, I wasn't really worried about like what that presentation would look like, but I did want to make sure it was going to hit well, you know. They, they were two guys who had a lot of familiarity. They had wrestled many times, really hadn't teamed much, but they had trained together a lot. So uh, they had a similar understanding and a similar outlook, I think, of what they wanted at that time. And um, I think that's what brought everything together so well is they were at a point in time where they were ready to dedicate to something if it was going to lead them somewhere.
2: But the crazy thing is, if you watch that match back, because I watched it back last night in preparation for this they're just a tag team of two white guys. Like, that's it. That's all they are. There's no character to it. It's just, okay, these guys are two good wrestlers. And I feel like that's how just about every tag team starts, right? You don't have much of an identity. They had a name. They had matching gear. That was cool. But th- there's no thought even put into their entrance. They kind of just walk out there. But it was clear that there was something there. And as far as Mac and I went, I felt like to be reintroduced in the way that I was, like, I needed someone that I truly could pair with that I could believe in that would bring out the best in me. And I feel like at the time Mac needed somebody to, to help make that transition to that roster a little more fluid, especially when you don't have fans to really build off of and get heat off of.
0: Randy, I'll, I'll start with you. And I'll, i I want to flip a, a separate question to John. What do, you, what do you, when you first approach them, I, how does that, how does that work, right? Like, do you say here we have an idea or kind of like, and how is the reception to that idea? What, what do you remember about bringing up the idea and how does that, how does that pr- procedure work for those that aren't really familiar with it?
1: Um, I, This in particular, I think was a, a pretty open conversation of uh, exactly kind of how we laid out the group early in this podcast episode where it was just, you know, this is a way to potentially bring. Uh, an entire presentation to the main stage at once, so to speak. You know, we've got three guys who are um, not necessarily spinning their wheels, but are probably ready for more in Let's Wrestle, you know. And uh, John was an established character at that point. Uh, People knew who he was and had been not only involved with Limitless Wrestling, but local wrestling for many years. So um, to have him now kind of enter a long-term like managerial role was something that we hadn't really done before um, and like you said we teased it with mac and let's wrestle but um just with dates at the time we couldn't string anything together cohesive so now uh we're going into a presentation with john he's not going to go like person to person anymore he's gonna have an actual set group that he's you know pulling the strings for bringing together and uh trying to take to the next level
0: john what do you remember about the first conversation?
2: Yeah, so it actually stemmed from after this VLC show. I rode back with Brett and Channing, and it was my first time. I had known Brett from IWE a little bit, but it was my first time really getting to talk to Channing a bit. And uh, Brett almost killed us in his car because it was snowing horribly. I don't know if you remember that, Randy. It was, yeah, like it was... snowing really <laughs> we bad. We power at the venue briefly. We did. Um, Brett nearly killed us. But aside from that, it was a great car ride. And I really got to know the two of them a little better. And I I think Randy and I were trying to come up with ideas going forward of how can we present Max specifically in a way where he'll start to connect with the audience. And we were just having this session at 11 p.m. midnight. And I, I think I said to you, what if we paired him with Channing and Brett? And I think you were a little hesitant at first. But then as we started to talk a little more... I think you started to see that there could be something there, especially I think you had the foresight to recognize, well, we can utilize the road with this and the road can be used as a way to plant seeds between them and then eventually make something cohesive about it. And that was like late December, early January, I want to say.
0: All right. So then we flipped to a, about a five week stretch between May and June, 2021, we saw the team first form uh, on camera, and then also uh, the uh, their first match, the following month. So we begin May two thousand twenty-one. The games we play, and the plan finally comes together. Opening match of the the uh, the show. Team C Stars, Ashley Vox and WXO taking on the Prestige, Shane Thomas, and BRG. And again, as John mentioned, there was a lot of uh, you know teasing on the road that something was going on, kind of you know leading into this. And then uh, Team C Stars picking up the victory. And then after the match. Mac Daniels himself joining Channing and BRG a post-match attack of Ashley and Delmy. And yeah, it, this really, this was the first uh, union of this, uh, of this trio. And then the, the month after at um, Fortune favors the bowl that was happening in June prestigious made their in-ring debut defeating team C stars and Rip Bison. You guys remember that match, of course. So yeah, the, the team, it, uh, that also opened up that show, the team forms, and then they obviously pick up a, a big Trios win uh, the next month. So, uh, John, we'll start with you. So after that first, uh, the, the first kind of the union, were you happy with how things went? And what, what was your immediate thoughts leading into uh, to June?
2: Yeah, so I, I want to kind of backtrack a little bit because we skipped a lot there of some really important details that went into this that would eventually be paid off at the end. Uh, and that starts with Double Vision, which wh- when did we tape that, Randy? About February? right?
1: Yeah, because I think it was a, it was like a mid-March release, so I would, yeah. I would wager it was probably the last yeah. weekend of February.
2: I think it was actually Valentine's Day weekend because Love Doug was the guy that we had for Mac, and he was wearing the Valentine stuff, so yeah, that right. Um, I think it was Valentine's Day weekend, and I remember it was like right around that weekend that we kind of settled, okay, this is going to be the direction that we're going to go, and I think I pitched the name Prestigious to you and to the guys, and I don't think anybody really liked it. I don't think anybody really liked it other than me. (laughs) Um, And we we knew that we had to get Mac that win, which was going to be my first win ever in Limitless. And he has the pre-show match with Love, Doug, and then we do that great promo that you came up with, the idea to do, where I said, now you got your first win, but I think you might need some help. And that kind of laid the groundwork for what we would see on the road into that uh, big Sea stars versus Prestige match, which saw Mac, you know, Northern Lariat, I believe it was Delmy. And then uh, we had that really cool segment that I think we got to give a lot of credit to Harry for with. Me sitting in his house, watching the video back like Doctor Claw, and I think that was the benefit of this closed taping era, right, Randy? Where we could do cool things like that as storytelling devices.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. That is that is like, um, if if anything is missed, it's just that you could add in uh, cool things at a later date for the actual broadcast that goes live. And that was one of those pieces that. Um, just kind of, I think in the moment of some, I think it really, uh, I don't know, as a viewer watching something like that, it brings you into the experience a little bit that you can, you know, have that back to back with, uh, with that match so quickly, you know?
2: Yeah, and, and that was the promo where I said, you're rewarded for paying attention, so why weren't you paying attention? And what I meant by that was the callback to Double Vision where I said, hey, you need somebody, and then we slowly, over the course of the road, laid the groundwork for, hey, these these three guys might end up joining together. So if you weren't paying attention, well, then guess what? You Your, your favorites just got screwed over because of it. So I, I thought that was awesome, and then, yeah, those guys... Man, what a debut against MSP, uh, or no, no, it wasn't that. The debut was against C Stars and uh, Rip, and that was the first pedestal. Randy, that kind of went viral, and people started going nuts seeing I mean, the ultimate cell job by Ashley Vox, huh? <laughs> Dude,
1: who, uh, all right, bring me, bring me inside the uh, the maneuver. How how did that come together?
2: Uh, so. That was we were all three of us were or all four of us, I should say, were, we're trying to come up with what a finisher would look like. And, you know, me, I pitched like these absurd things that the laws of physics probably don't support. And I think it was Brett that said, what if we did a doomsday? And then I think both Channing and I were like, what if it was a rocket launcher? So we combine those two things together, and it had to be Mac. Mac had to be the one throwing Brett because Mac is the the brawn of the operation. So that was how the pedestal came together. And I just thought that it was such a visually breathtaking trio's finisher that I don't think anybody had ever done to that point.
0: Randy, after that first uh, that first match, uh, how were you? How were you feeling? Were you? Are you happy with kind of the the start of things and and did you kind of have so, more ideas or what were your thoughts
1: i thought the first match felt great to be honest um sometimes when you are throwing a presentation out there hard uh to start with you wonder if uh the feeling is it's going to hit right off the bat and it's also like so fucking tough to tell because there's no fans there yeah um, but the reception of uh, not only the match, but the scene as well, felt really good. Um, your call people, on it was so awesome.
2: The people, people your were call very, on the
1: pedestal was amazing. Oh no, no need to stroke me off now, John. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, no, I, I, I was pretty encouraged, honestly, because I, I did feel like all three and and John as well in his role, and especially like the people that they were with. I just think it was like a perfect first match for that.
2: Yeah. And on top of that, too, I think it was back in February, even before Double Vision happened, where we had kind of said, "Okay, this might be a route we go. You came to me one I'll never forget getting this message from you. You said, how would you feel about doing an Andy Kaufman style thing with (laughs) Davian? And then and I said, I was watching
1: a lot of old wrestling at that time.
2: (laughs) And I said, I am so fucking in on this. I am so in. And it was right around that taping. So the taping would have been in either March or April, I believe where we first laid the groundwork with Davian after her losing streak. And I just kind of came up to her and I said, Hey, you know, I don't know if you saw, but we're kind of undefeated. And uh, you've been struggling a bit and we'd like to make you prestigious. So that's where the groundwork was laid.
0: And we'll get into that in a minute, John, I have a question for you. So being you know, being creatively involved in this—this this is, you know, one of your mm-hmm. ideas along with Randy. I've always wondered, and I, I guess having a creative partner in this, like Randy, and also the the three guys as well, I imagine that would help. Kind of um, the best way to say this. Sometimes I think when when people have their own ideas, it's tough to let other people into the decision making ideas because they're like. If, if this is going to be my thing, it's going to be my thing. How did you kind of weigh what was, what your creative vision and, and the guy's creative vision was for this also with what the promotion needs sure. and long-term. So how, how did you kind of
2: weigh that? And was well, first it first off it- I have, I have to give Randy all the credit in the world because Randy didn't have to let us have any input or say he's the promoter. He's the guy who has the pen, and he certainly did not have to, let us in on any of that process but you know I I know that I could pitch anything to Randy and instead of saying I like it or I don't like it he'd say okay well then how can we go where can we go with this what can we do with that and it was extremely extremely collaborative and the reality is in this year and a half almost two year long story there were only two specific storylines in it but the Davy N story was like a seven-month story in and of itself. And then the breakup story, we had been planning that for almost a year. So the collaboration from Randy, I, I, and I'm not just saying this to kiss your ass, Randy. I mean, I haven't gotten that with any other indie promoter I've ever worked with. And i have I've explained that to you personally with some of the other indies specifically where stuff changes like that and uh randy has the foresight to allow for these stories to play out in long form and i just don't think a lot of independent promotions have that
0: yeah randy would you uh, i mean you've dealt with a lot of uh, different individuals uh throughout the years and w- would you say that the the creative process and, and kind of how things went were were uh, smooth and collaborative as john said
1: yeah i mean uh i just i think it's preposterous to think that anybody has all the answers you know uh I think a lot of our best shit is when people are involved with the process and and genuinely like what they're doing, you know? Um, But yeah, I mean, it's uh, this process, I feel like is um, when you have four people involved with something that is, uh, you know, on, on the better half of like two years long, you have obstacles along the way, you have. Uh, date conflictions, you have to jump through hoops to kind of make things work and get to where you want to go. So um, the whole thing was pretty open. And, and we, I think we we took a lot of ideas from a lot of avenues and just kind of figured out, okay, what's going to get us to our best end result? Because from the start, I think we knew what the end was. We just never fucking knew when we were going to get there, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. that's fun.
1: Yeah. I think that's fun. One hundred percent. I mean, sometimes it's going to make uh, some shows a little more challenging, or you have to put a little more thought in to get what you want
2: out of it. You know? Yeah, and on on top of that, I think you know, Randy, this part about me and and Josh, I can tell you this from my TV news career. When I'm doing feature stories, I, I have a model where, and this is applied to nearly every story I did. The way the story started, there was always going to be a callback to it in the ending. And that was kind of my personal approach in trying to work with you to tell these stories where each story that we told was paid off from groundwork that was laid in the beginning. So I think that makes great pro wrestling storytelling
0: let's go into this uh, next section. Then uh, this was the, as you mentioned, the beginning of the Davian recruitment attempts and leading into the eventual return of live events. So again, the closed tapings began to wind down. We're kind of looking ahead to having some fans in, in the house again. And you mentioned, John, there was a attempt for prestigious to resurrect the career, so to speak of Davian. Obviously she was on a losing streak and to try to bring her into the prestigious fold. Take me into that.
2: I want to ask, I'm going to turn this around to Randy first. Why Davian? Why was she the person for this? Because this was, it it being specifically Davian, that was all Randy.
1: I, um, honestly, like, I really liked the work that Davy was doing at that time. Um, I thought she had a lot of potential to be, especially when live events came back, and I I think it came to fruition, like, a big player uh, when fans came back. And and she was just someone who, a lot of her work recently, pre-pandemic, was Let's Wrestle. So, um i think we were getting to the point where she was going to be in the plans for uh regular live events before the pandemic but um she became such a fixture on the road and i think had some really impressive performances i think we talked about it at the time john but i really wanted to have her involved with something when we came back to live events so that there was for Mm -hmm. people who may not have seen her before in a limitless or less wrestle capacity there was uh, a reason to invest right off the bat into what Davian was bringing to the table. And um, what better way to not only have that happen, but to get heat on prestigious as well. than to put the two in a story with each other as we yeah. come back.
2: And she was the perfect foil, right? Like she is this legit ass kicker. She's tough, Davy. And so juxtaposing her to me, obviously is a great visual, but also to these three frat boy, white guys, is also a great juxtaposition because she is a legit ass kicker. So I thought that was great. And even if you go back to her matches in the close taping era in like February, and I'm on commentary, you hear me starting to take some jabs at her. And that's because Randy and I had just talked about it and we wanted to go forward and try to plant those seeds. So that story really started being told dating back to like January, February, which I just think is so cool. And even though it it didn't necessarily kick off entirely until May or so, officially the groundwork was being laid there. And Mac and I start to pester her. And we had the open challenge that we did where Brad Cashew attacked her from behind. And that laid the groundwork for Mac to have his singles debut on the Limitless show against her.
0: So let's go to June 2021. Patience is a virtue. This was the return to having live fans in the house, the, uh, a celebration in, in a lot of ways for everyone involved. And there's teams that form and acts that are created, but it's not until like, you know, a few months down the road where you really can tell if a promoter is, is behind them and really into it. I see that at all levels. And, and part of that is giving up a big win, especially over an established act and in limitless uh, history. You really can't, don't have more of an established act than the main state posse, right? And on this night, Prestigious, uh, this was right before the last match for the intermission, Prestigious taking on MSP at that time, Danger Kid, Aiden Agro, and Alexander Lee. And Prestigious uh, picked up the victory, The preceded by one of my favorite uh, moments, which was the, Anthony, <laughs> of course, Anthony Green at this point had been released by WWE. And in our minds in wrestling, all these people are released. Anything can happen at, at any point. So all of a sudden, Anthony Green's music hits, and everyone—I just kind of noticed everyone kind of looking around. And I was—I I was like, I looked, i was thinking to myself, didn't he just get cut? Like- it was like
2: the day before, wasn't it, Randy? It like- was yeah. literally the day before. Yeah. And, I,
0: and I, I was singing in my observer head, I'm like, that is an awful quick. T- Maybe he didn't have a, a a a time which he couldn't work, whatever. And all of a sudden prestigious comes out and I was like, Oh my God, that's so perfect. It's so great. Uh, And then obviously taking on the main state posse, picking up the victory. And obviously we know what happened to main state posse there. That was the, the end of that form, talking about other trios teams and so on, but we'll focus on, uh, on prestigious whose idea was it for the music. And I want to, I want to hear about that.
2: That was the boys, the boys came up with that. I think it might've been Mac or Channing. And I said, they put it in our group chat. We have a group chat called, you know who it is. And, I think they pitched it to me, and I said, I think it's great. I wasn't going to be at the show because I had work commitments, but I was like, you guys got to text AG and make sure he's good with that because there's a lot of emotions probably going through his head right now. And to AG's credit, Randy, he was totally down with it and thought it was awesome. So, yeah, he deserves a lot of credit for that.
0: Yeah, and, and Randy, I'm sure, you know, I, you know fans weren't really that mad but i think in the back of their mind oh they I'm, were
2: pissed they were well, pissed man
0: I, I don't but yeah pit, pit, pissed at them but not pissed in like like promotional heat you know what i mean at least, yeah. at least to me anyway but uh Raina also in the back of your mind i'm sure you knew that ag was probably going to come back in a limitless ring at some point
1: well all i can say is that we played the file we were given for the night josh um <laughs> yeah i uh i had talked to ag the day before uh because we had a we had our last. Uh, student showcase the day before, actually, at Ronco's and Brewer. So it was a, uh, I, I remember very vividly just uh, sitting there and I, I saw a tweet from a Limitless fan, actually, that was like, bummer for AG. And I was like, I, I thought he just got hurt. And uh, I fucking dove further into it. And then I, I feel like someone approached me at that show. It must have, I don't know, I probably had Mac channing and brent on that show but i think someone approached me there and had mentioned that later in the night and uh yeah it ended up happening
0: mm-hmm. so then uh we start kind of the build towards august uh, 2021 uh we, we have prestigious uh taking on the circus just picking up a victory here at uh, leave no doubt so john once you talk about the this because you, know, you can explain better than i can there was a, a kind of a hostage situation in a sense with know becca was involved throughout the summer so the the davian storyline still going as prestigious trying to get her in any way possible mind me some of the little nuances and 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 little things that happened along the way there during the summer
2: Uh, the main event thing didn't happen until much later right randy that happened after all the Davian story. unless am i am i forgetting something there so
1: uh that was on the first herman show so that was right that was later
2: Oh, okay oh okay so yeah so it was before kind that of jammed
1: right in the middle so
2: before that okay so the july it was undeniable was the july show which was my first show back in front of a live crowd and uh that was the match where i'd said before davy and we had done the post-match vignette the month before after the brad cashew match and she said she wanted we said we wanted we had one more task for her to prove that she was prestigious and she said she'd be down to have one more match, but it had to be with one of our guys. And you know who it is. So that set up Mac, which this was, if I'm not mistaken, Mac's singles debut in a Limitless Ring, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yes, it was. So um, uh, if, you're, if you're not uh, on a live event,
2: yes. on, right, right. So uh, there was a lot, we had to make sure he had the heat. And this was, <laughs> I remember we went back and forth, you and I, on this because there were, I think this show, is the single greatest example of in-show storytelling that Limitless has ever done. And it it, with this angle specifically, because we had me cutting a promo with the prestigious entrance, and I'm about to propose to Davian formally (laughs) that she's going to join our group, but she cuts off the entrance. They have their match. And as Davian's about to put Mac in Davian, your life, which is going to be something that's going to be paid off later, Months down the line, uh, I get the mic, and I propose to her with a ring pop, and I say I got her her favorite flavor, and I want her to formally join Prestigious. Will you be Prestigious with us? And she gets rolled up from behind on that, and she gets pissed. She challenges me to a one-on-one match that night. I'm ready to puke. And then Randy came up with a great promo that he had Channing and Brett cut backstage, where Brett says Prestigious never walks alone. And you see a little devilish look come across my face. And when Becca's having a match later in the night against Charles Mason, which I think is one of her best matches in Limitless period, that match was incredible. Uh, I, we Randy put me on commentary and we did something really unique where I was on commentary. I'm cheering so loud for Becca. And I look dead into the camera's eye and I say, it's a damn shame what's about to happen to her. And I walk down to the ring, the four of us surround her and we hold her hostage I say, Davian, if you want your friend to walk out of this thing, well, you got to agree to this. And we lay it out. We're going to do a four-on-four tag match at the anniversary show months down the line. And uh, I've got my team. She's just got to find hers. And if she doesn't agree, or if she agrees to the match, the condition is uh, when they lose, she has to become our prestigious little bitch. And she agrees, and we still lay Becca out anyway. And that was the match, Randy, where Becca got busted open. And I remember I went up to her with my hand and I wiped the blood off of her. And I was just like, wow, that's crazy. It was a visceral and kind of shocking moment, but I thought it was one of the most effective pieces of storytelling Limitless has ever done.
0: And then that brings us to the VLC 2021, August, 2021. So, this was a a four way, and I'm completely kind of you know blanking on on the so much limitless stuff. I'm trying to remember. So MSP defeated prestigious team C stars and Ava Everett and Charles Mason. And Randy, what the so that was obviously between again the the leave no doubt show, and then there was VLC, and then leading into Euphoria. What was um what what do you remember about that?
1: Um, I believe on this show, yeah. So I think we had a like challenge in place, if I'm correct.
2: Yes, that was uh, the Alley Catch match.
1: Yes, so yes, uh, Alley Catch and Dave Yen with uh, with Alba and Mac Daniels enjoying on the outside, and we had uh, prestigious. It was involved in that four way tag. They had some issues with the Sea Stars throughout that contest. John almost got creamed, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that led to quite the situation for you, John, later yes. in the evening.
2: Yes, it did. You, did, if I recall, you didn't love that that tag match. The Four-way tag? Yeah, you didn't love the four-way tag if I remember correctly. Uh I you, think y- you felt I think it like just got yeah, jumbled at
1: the end. Um yeah. I don't recall not liking it that much, but I don't know.
2: Yeah, so it led to the Alley catch match, which was the main attraction birthday celebration. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Mac and I take a ringside seat and we're blowing we're blowing the party favors, remember? and i I had to tell you to
1: quicken that the fuck up because oh yeah i don't know we were running every vacation land cup we're just running down a dream we're running way (laughs) over time
2: yeah shit was going really long and audio (laughs) fucked up too you were you were saying to me i remember this i was about to go out you go buddy i need you to do this all in like 30 seconds i was like i got you so we just cut off the entrance and i just start singing him to the ring and all this stuff and uh, yeah, Allie Catch, and Davian have a match. Davian, a great detail, I thought. She did the Davian, your life right in front of Mac and I, which I thought was a great little foreshadowing thing. And after she wins, we surround her again. And what I tell you, we love a good callback, right? So we surround her, but this time Davy's got her friends and they scatter off prestigious, but I'm left and I get taken hostage. And she lays down, this is going to be my four. these are going to be my three teammates. This is going to be Team Davian. And sure, if I lose, I become your prestigious little bitch. But if you lose, you're banned from Limitless for the rest of the year. And in that moment, if you watch it back, I turn and look to Randy because Randy pulled a fucking rib on me. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> cause yeah, I
1: kind of forgot.
2: That was not supposed to be the stipulation. The stipulation was supposed to be that we would leave Davey and B for the rest of time. But Randy, without telling me, decided, ah, I'm just going to ban John for the rest of the year when they lose a lot more uh,
1: bang to the buck for something that was probably going to be inevitable anyway.
2: Yes. And but it, it made was
1: sense. Pretty funny to not tell you and then just <laughs> watch it play out <laughs> or let it play out as your pal says. Yeah. Yes,
2: let it play out. Exactly. Yeah,
1: I got it. I got it.
0: Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, John, can you confirm or deny the rumor that there was a backstage fight between you and Randy yes, following th- this new?
2: <laughs> there was. I, uh, uh, Randy, Randy brought his uh, his dog. No, no, it was.
1: Uh, I had him in a was... torture rack on the <laughs> <bit older. laughs>
2: nah, it was it was funny because he, he got me and I almost broke. I almost corpse there in the ring, <laughs> but uh, I, it was fun. And just as Beck is about to hit me with a chair, Mac pulls me out and he he gets we get that great visual of him cradling me and Davey says right now y'all may be prestigious but come september 25th y'all are fucked and i just thought that was a perfect way to lead into it
0: and that does lead into the 6th anniversary show euphoria on uh, again september 25th this is the first uh, first loss for Prestigious. Uh, getting defeated by Team Davian, Davian, Becca, Ashley Vox, and Delmi XO. Again, paying off some of the previous stuff we've been talking about. Defeating Channing Thomas, Mac Daniels, BRG, and John Alba. John Alba banned for the remainder of 2021. So it's from some real stakes that paid off. And John, what do you remember about this night?
2: I thought the hype going into this match was tremendous. We did a ton of Media promotion for this, it it kind of felt like the Andy Kaufman thing, Randy, where we were like really trying to get this out there, and building to the moment that I would finally get my got, you know, and get what was coming to me by Davian, and I I truthfully thought I was going to be doing a little more wrestling in this match. But it was all yeah, building John's up.
1: pissed that he didn't wrestle in 19 <laughs> to 20 minutes of this. thing. Let me just
2: tell you, that's real. I trained for like seven hours the day before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> John wow. did so many fucking elbow drops the day
2: before. It was yeah.
1: maddening. And I don't even think you did an elbow drop. No,
2: I was supposed to do an elbow drop in the match. And instead of the prestigious plunge where they gorilla pressed me. But
1: goddamn, that was sick. Oh,
2: it was perfect. It was perfect. And I was supposed to do an elbow drop, but as they're laying together the match the day of, they're like, actually, let's do this instead. I'm like, so I did 40 elbow drops yesterday for no fucking reason at all. (laughs) But it was, uh, you know, the outfit. I put a lot of work into my outfit, a fur coat made of real raccoon. Uh, We had the shirt. And it was so important to me that all four of those women got a chance to get their moment because they put so much into that. And obviously I had the shit beat out of me, but Randy, I I think you'd agree with me. The visual of the four of them locking the four of us in submissions and everyone trying to prevent me from tapping, but I have to tap out. And the crowd, a standing ovation. It was one of the coolest visuals that i'll have for the rest of my life like seriously and it was so gratifying having that match. it was excellent
1: it was excellent um yeah. i think i will drop that on youtube so probably by the time you're listening um this will be on youtube.com slash limitless wrestling because it was uh so much fun to watch man like a, a, an incredible blend of people you know for for eight people to be in a, in one match is kind of chaotic but Uh, It really came together well.
2: Yeah, and like a small detail was like Davian had tried to hit Davian Your Life on on my guys, especially Mac, and she never was able to, but the time she finally hit it, it was on me. The guy that was the thorn in the side for her. And I think that's just great small details in storytelling that maybe people don't realize that on the surface, but I think that stuff matters when you're telling stories.
0: And... John, you you had to follow a, a little match uh called the workhorseman versus MSP two. Oh,
2: holy <laughs> shit. Did we have our work cut out for us? That was and then wasn't the next match the mirror mirror on the wall match? Yeah, uh, canvas stuff oh, match.
0: There yeah. was
1: a ton of debate um on like what the what the match order should be here. That was a tough show to put together. That was uh just thinking back at it. I don't know. I just maybe overthought. I I don't know, but uh yeah, I didn't really think we could put anything but the fucking death match, yeah, uh, that's the the art canvas death match on before the mission.
0: All right, so then obviously you know the big loss that ends that storyline. So what do you do for a follow up? Well, unlike what the dirt sheets might say, prestigious wasn't buried. They get a main event the next time out, taking on not not only a main event at Dancing on Thin Ice and uh, Limitless Wrestling's return to Herman, taking on the, the afore. <laughs> The aptly mentioned release party, Dirty Dango, AG, Anthony Green, and Ace Romero against Prestigious in the main event. Again, this is the post John Alba era as he was on his ban. And Randy, what was the, the thought process? And um, I guess let me, let me take a step back. So after these guys have, have lost and this storyline ends, did you have immediate ideas for where it was going to go? Or did you kind of need a, a month or two to kind of figure things out? And, and But you need you know put them in a high profile situation.
1: I think I just wanted them to have uh, a solid bounce back, you know, and uh, especially like with that being the match we were going to build into Herman. And uh, it did. uh, We we doubled our crowd from the first Herman show to the second one. So I would say at least the the build into that show is semi successful, but it is a different presentation. We don't have John for the rest of the year. So um, now it's these three young bucks on their own, you know, trying to fight for things.
2: And there was a small detail to that too, Josh. Where, with me being the one that tapped out, I cost them. I am the reason they lost. So Max always going to have my back because he's my guy. But Brett and Channing subtly—that's uh, you know—that wasn't on us. And and I think that's a chip on their shoulder. And I think it was around this time, Randy. A year out, you and I talked, and I said, this thing's got to end with a triple threat between yeah. these three guys. And they were they were just I was blown away by the chemistry the three of them had together. It, John, it was what, tremendous.
0: John, what was your so obviously you being out for for three months to kind of pay this thing off, or at least that that storyline. Mm-hmm. What was your how, did you want to just be completely off the board? Was that kind of your idea? Was it like how how would how would I guess for the for the character and everything? What was your what were your thoughts on how to go over, go through that that three months to Stay involved at not stay involved. What were you thinking there?
2: Well, I think, Randy, the way we, we wanted to make it very much, the, the emphasis was they are on their own. But what we kind of decided on, and Randy was a big proponent of this, the little prestigious group Zoom meetings that we would do and put on social. And I thought that was a fun way to show the dynamic of prestigious, a little bit of comedy to it, but also layering in those small nuances that show well maybe not everything is as it seems so i feel like it was important to keep me minimally involved but just enough where we could show people okay someone is still pulling the strings and i think that would also show the frustration from channing and brg specifically that well okay well you're not here so don't tell us how we should do things you you tapped out do you agree with that, Randy? Was that kind of the nuancing there?
1: Yeah, I mean, for people who were paying attention, I think there were a lot of pieces that you could see play out, especially going into the show that they were about. Um, I'm, I'm especially curious as well. How hard were those to organize,
2: putting together? Jesus Christ! <laughs> 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 oh man, yeah, prestigious uh, wasn't just a gimmick, guys. It was a, it was a real life thing where uh, dealing with three, three divas four divas truthfully all trying to get on the same page so uh, not easy to put those things together but we we had a good time so it was it was fun
0: just goes to my eight old age old adage that you can never trust guys with full heads of hair it's true <laughs> very true all right so that let's uh it kind of leads into the some some singles action with some of the be the uh the prestigious guys also some tag team action as well next few months we'll see Prestigious returning their winning ways, picking up a big win over Love, Dugs, Love, Doug and Waves and Curls at Fresh Blood 2021. And then obviously Cheney Thomas picking up a, a victory over Jigsaw, the returning Jigsaw at Prize possession in uh, November 2021. And again, we just kind of keep going. And and uh, so the idea, you know, they were they were remember obviously on the cards, you know, picking up uh, tag team action, singles action. So, but John's absence, I mean, that was obviously a big thing. And I think as, as the, as the calendar turned to 2022, you know, John's suspension is up. So Randy, what was kind of the idea of how to start, uh, laying the groundwork for his return and, and we'll take it from there.
1: I think a big thing in that time frame was establishing, uh, all three of these as, uh, all three of these guys as individual wrestlers, you know, like individual people, uh, not just in a group setting, like you said. Uh, we saw some singles action from Channing Thomas. We saw BRG and Mac Daniels tagging up for the first time. Um, we we're just seeing some different forms of prestigious throughout the months that John wasn't there. Uh, maybe some different points of frustration or wanting to prove something or a chip on the shoulder throughout for these guys. And like John said, a lot of that you can see play through uh, those like group setting Zoom meetings that would uh, be put out there from prestigious. but um I think it was a lot of figuring out scheduling for when the uh, the grand return to John Alba would be because it wasn't right off the bat. I think we had toyed around a little bit, John of maybe doing it in Worcester um, on the first day of the year to just yeah. be like, ah, I'm back already. But, um, it was something that we decided to save for Yarmouth.
2: Yeah, well, it was important to you because you even said this to me. You're like, it has to be in front of our audience because the Worcester show was going to be a smorgasbord of different promotions and everything. And you said you really wanted to be in front of our audience to get the proper reaction. And you also said that you thought that if we did it in January, because there was a January show, correct? Like a late January show? Yes, sir. yes. I, there
1: was. And then I think we... I, did we not have any uh, we had some kind of scheduling thing where a lot of prestigious were not. Yeah.
2: And, and you said, you know what? People are going to expect you to be back right away. Let's hold it off a little bit. And it was going to be February. But then I had a last minute scheduling conflict with work. And thank goodness, Matt Hardy's the coolest dude in the world. And he laid down that promo for us to post, which I just thought was the coolest thing of him to do. And he certainly did not have to do. Uh, where he basically cucked me. And I thought that was a good little story, too, because Channing and Brett were expecting me back, and Mac had to be the ones like, come on, guys. Like, he's he's so busy, you know? He's, he's, he's living the life. And I thought that was a great little layer to add to the story, too.
1: Yeah, especially with where uh, we were going with Channing, you know, especially mm-hmm. in the next, like, two to three months. I think that played into a lot of uh, his feelings boiling over in the story, yeah. you know?
2: And, and we did pitch this, Josh. Nobody knows this. But Randy and I did kick around the idea of bringing back Davey and her embracing the hate, per se, yeah. and actually coming back, turning heel, and joining Prestigious. But it uh, it did not play out that way. And I'm actually happy that it didn't, because I think that was a great story that we put a definitive end to that chapter with.
0: So, John, where would you say this? So obviously, you've mentioned some of the little kind of underpinnings of, of the beginning and the end. Where, where would you say over this next kind of timeline, when thing, the, the fractures definitely begin to show?
2: I think it's happening at that point. And then March, who would they face in the trios match in March? That was, was that the out, rematch
1: it, the Circus Ninjas. The Circus right. Ninjas, right. Because that was such a – I do want to put that first match over – Yes, um, very good, very from good. From that match. Herman show leave no doubt. Excellent match and uh I felt mm. like that was a rematch that we definitely had to run in Yarmouth.
2: Yeah. yeah. And that was that was a good match too in Yarmouth. Uh, I really liked that match and did how did the finish end on that one? I, I forget. Did I inadvertently cost them on that? Uh I, that was
1: the uh championship belt back and forth.
2: Yes, that's right. That because Mac had won the Let's Wrestle Championship, where and that was a great way to incorporate Let's Wrestle into into Limitless. Mac eliminated Channing and Let's Rumble, and that was a great way to start that fracture too. So, Channing is about that's right. Channing does the kip up off the off the missile drop kick, and he's doing some really babyface stuff in the match. And we try to cheat, and it comes back, and it costs us. So that's where the fracture starts to happen, and that's the show where we had all the toilet paper thrown at us too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's geez,
1: a, what a, the hell?
0: Yeah, I that loved it. it. Uh,
1: that, was,
2: that was jarring.
0: And leading into that, uh, obviously Prestigious was on a uh, little bit of a losing streak, losing at Price You Pay in, in December, uh, losing to MSP at the aforementioned uh, you know uh, White Eagle show, the Limitless Worcester event. And then obviously the month before, uh, the thrill of it, the, the trios match you're talking about losing to uh, Shane Mercer and mortar. So there's a story there with them, you know, and, and again, this was just Channing and BRG. There was a story with them losing. And, and, then you came back at that, uh, March event and, uh, <laughs> got the, got the, uh, the welcome reception there with the toilet paper, which people didn't really know how to throw, but yeah, this was, uh, this was, a uh, this was good kind of leading into this and, and the next month, uh, Hard not to act reckless. BRG and Mac Daniels taking on uh which on taking on Mortar, Des Cole, and Ryan Mooney. That was a scramble match, if I remember right. Kind of talk to me about uh how that played into things.
2: Oh, Randy, you want to take this one? That was I think that was more to showcase Brett more than anything else, correct? Yeah, because um
1: I mean that whole show we're we're kind of showing off that all the members of prestigious are in different places now that was a match specifically for brg to kind of showcase what he brought to the table in a singles capacity because he had never really had that opportunity yeah we had seen it for mac daniels we had seen it for Channing thomas and brett he was the one who was skeptical from the start of prestigious and then he just kind of became this good soldier who is you know he was following the lead and he was you know he's carrying his way but he never got the opportunity to shine and Uh, There was finally an opportunity for him in that match to do so.
2: And we cheated to help him win, even though he didn't need the help. And that was a good layer to that story, because with that happening, he inadvertently embraced it, whereas later that night, Channing had demanded a match out of me to prove that we had his back and that and simultaneously, he could get the job done. I, that kept being the underlying theme. I can get the job done. I don't need cheating. And he had demanded a big match, and we got it with Anthony Green.
0: Certainly did. And that, that
2: was later that night, correct?
0: It was two matches later. That was, uh, I, I think, you know, not to sway the voters' opinions, but, I mean, that's definitely a top 10 match of the year candidate for me. Oh, my uh, God, th- yeah. It was, it was awesome. And then, John, you... You couldn't help you. You accidentally, uh, you cost your guy chaining the match. And that was really, felt kind of the turning point in a lot of ways, would you
2: say? I'm curious to hear Randy's thoughts on this because I can only self-evaluate. I think as a manager, this was my best outing ever. And it's great because I had the easiest playoff ever of Anthony Green and Channing Thomas who had in my opinion, one of the best technical matches in Limitless History that night. And I'm proud of that performance because body language, I had to tone it back. Every single time I wanted to get involved, I had to stop myself. And there was an amazing camera shot that Harry's crew got where I'm about to choke AG on the ropes, but I pull myself back from doing so. And uh, AG helped come up with the big moment where he does walking, talking, flying, and Bang, bang, right at that moment. I lost confidence in Channing. I get up on the apron to cause a distraction, but Channing rolled through and he would have had a phantom pin. But uh, because I screwed him, he ends up losing and we get the turn right there where he's about to leave prestigious and eventually Mac wallops him from behind with the belt and we force Brett to kick his own man out. And I just, again, the layers of storytelling there. Randy, I don't know, what'd you think of all that? Yeah, I thought
1: the match and uh, everything that went with it was excellent. AG and Channing, just such good chemistry. And uh, I think that was the exact match that Channing needed to have to just show off exactly what he could do. Um, he had had some singles matches in the past, but uh, nothing like that with AG. And then, of course, uh, flipping the switch on Channing after the match, Mac Daniels dropping him and Brett. Uh, obviously was not in on the plan with you guys to, you know, flip on Channing Thomas, and I think that was shown off really well, and then, John, you uh, you told Brett he had to super kick his best friend right there, and uh, he had a quick decision to make.
2: Yeah, well, I said, do you want to be the Genetti?" <laughs> and that just ate at him, so I, I thought Brett crushed it. Brett's visuals and facials and that were freaking incredible.
0: So, this is around that was in. That was April. 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 So, John, you're trying to figure out how you guys are going to land the plane, and tell me kind of how how that starts to work. Because obviously the the team is is fractured, and we're going to lead into a, um, a a surprise return uh, for Channing Thomas and, and soon. But kind of how are you, at this point, are you feeling good about landing the plane on the storyline?
2: Randy and I knew that it was going to be a triple threat. When it was going to happen, we weren't entirely sure. was probably going to be either the VLC or the anniversary show. And at this point, the plan had been, if I'm not mistaken, Randy, to bring in Sidney Bacabella with Channing Thomas. Yeah,
1: I think he was going to come in actually the next month after that happened so i think we were planning on may yes
2: we were and then uh as i discussed some things happened with me and i'm so disappointed but i'm also grateful because i i love how they ended up playing it out but originally at that may show had i been there i was going to take a pile driver from channing thomas and I was going to be ridden off of TV for a couple months there after taking a pile driver. But unfortunately due to some personal circumstances, I was unable to make it and we had to pivot, but I actually think it's a blessing in disguise that we didn't bring in Sydney because I think it might've taken away from the story a little bit.
0: So on that show, May, uh, May 28th acting up crude uh, taking on uh, prestigious as Mac Daniels in BRG. And then, uh, after the match this was when uh, cheney thomas made his return and took out mac daniels held up the let's wrestle title and timing wise it actually you, know, you mentioned kind of uh how everything you know just kind of really worked out there was no limitless show in june so it was an extra kind of month uh of build towards the let's wrestle championship being contested on a limitless wrestling show and mac daniels defeating cheney thomas by dq again this this tie back with The belt, the belt, and using Mm -hmm. the belt in the match just keeps coming in. Uh, Take me back to, uh, John, why don't you start? Take me back to uh, July 23rd and what you remember from that.
2: Yeah, I mean, the belt was a big thing Randy and I talked about, and I'm glad that you picked up on that, because the belt is how the tension started in the March match. It was what Mac won from Channing by eliminating him in the Battle Royal, and it's how he turned on him. So the belt had to play an important role there. So I'm really glad that you picked up on that. And uh yeah, I mean I wasn't there for the show, but I thought they had a killer match. Didn't you think so, Randy?
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um I I thought this was both Mac Daniels and Channing Thomas kind of stepping into a level where they could be trusted in, in big spots. And um I thought the the finale of that with Brett was awesome.
2: Oh I mean, man, the reaction. Holy shit. People were ready for it.
1: They were they were ready for Brett and that was the thing that I was unsure on, I think, is like, can we, is Brett going to come around to the people, you know? And, uh, I don't know. I, I We saw it in Let's Wrestle early on, which was crazy because he had never, uh, he had never really been a babyface presentation in these parts, in this territory, you know? <laughs> um, he had always been, uh, one of the big bad guys in, in IWE for many years, so, um, I remember we gave that a shot in Let's Wrestle, and I just, like, from ability and, and presentation alone, I'm like, damn, he can do it, you know? But, like, uh, after being involved with this slimy group for so long, I was just curious um how we could get there and if they would
2: buy it, you know? Well, and Josh, like, you know this. I think pro wrestling is at its best when people feel with the story that they're seeing unfold. And in the case of Brett, Here's Brett getting bullied around. He's always looked at as the third wheel here. And Mac is pushing him around. And I think we have all in our lives been bullied in some capacity, whether it's physically or verbally or mentally. So people identified with Brett and his cause in that moment. And that's what created that incredible moment where he, he finally super kicked Mac and that reaction. And it led to a DQ where Channing got screwed again building his pursuit and and his frustration
0: yeah the i think what helped too is the uh you know brg is not as um he's not as tall as as channing or or mac but and he has this um you know you could kind of see when he started coming out you know the sweet victory song he started kind of before that kind of started to establish himself as i am not just prestigious so i think kind of subconsciously with some people i think that that made kind of sense that this is a guy that we should watch but it's kind of that little brother you know mentality kind of what you're alluding to and when he finally goes off i think people uh, you know some of the things that you mentioned but also just kind of this like like uh it it paid off that what we had kind of been seeing with some of the character building and things like that and and song and and all this that he's a guy to watch and people just kind of like well hell yeah i'm gonna cheer for this guy you know they just they felt it doesn't hurt. He's a good-looking guy. You know, he has a, a great I, his logo. By the way, I haven't said this is the, is the best. The NHL style logo with the BRG. I think that is like that is awesome. Um, and I'm really kind of looking forward to seeing where he goes from here. But we'll get there in a minute. But yeah, I think it, it just everything. Just it just it just worked. And when everything exploded, obviously him causing that disqualification leading into uh, the triple threat. And Randy, this is, uh you know, you get on the mic. It's always one of my favorite parts, John, when Randy gets on the mic oh, and yeah. show. Oh, yeah, me too. He's, he's trying to enjoy himself and, uh, and deal with all the bullshit going on. He can just, he's like, I've had enough. I'm going to grab the mic and throw out a proclamation. And uh, he proclaimed that for a VLC qualifying match, uh, this was going to be uh, a three-way. These guys were going to go head-to-head with a winner getting into the VLC. So there's some stakes there, which I really enjoyed as well. And these two guys are going to go at it on the next show. And that's what happened. And let's, uh, Randy, kind of, I know we've talked about a little bit on the show, but kind of the idea of, uh, you know, we, you guys have talked about this is always leading towards a three way. Now you're here. Now what?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's uh, kind of a cool situation for, uh, I don't know, people who pay attention to like the little things in Limitless because uh, the OG uh, Vacation Land Cup looks so weird because we did have a triple threat in that one as well. It was all three members of MSP being put in a scenario where they had to wrestle each other the following year. It was Anthony Green, Tommy Dreamer, and Sean Spears because of a weird situation. God, that,
2: and, that feels like such a fever dream, Randy. Dude, <laughs> I know. But, like, it's just
1: its kind of weird how uh, this tournament has just played out to have a triple threat match that fits into the first round each year. And uh, what a fit this was. And, and high stakes with it. Winner gets to the finals. Um, probably the biggest match. Um you probably put it beside the let's wrestle title match for Channing, but uh, biggest match in terms of stakes. I think all these gentlemen had had in limitless wrestling to that point. And uh, what a match it was like, I was, I was blown away. Uh, I, I, I did have expectations for it. Um But I think that they really blew it out of the water to be honest. Yeah. Like I, I was just can't say enough good about it. Uh It is match of the night for the vacation land cup this year. And, uh, I think it ought- put everybody on a different level in that match.
2: Yeah. So I want to say it was probably around June, right, Randy, when I said to you, hey, man, I think I'm going to be stepping away from working most of my indies. And the travel was really starting to affect my mental health a lot. And my travel has been absolutely batshit insane. Um, and it was really starting to affect me. And I, I said, I I think this triple threat should be like the end of this part of my character and all that. And I don't know, it was probably mid July. I said to you, I think, I think I can go baby here. And I think if I go baby, that will accentuate max heat. And I, I don't know. What'd you think of that pitch? Because that, that was such a, like bringing this whole chapter full circle kind of in a way
1: Uh, I think just like with anything it just had to be right like it right on it depended on how that moment was going to go and like what you were going to say um and I think it was excellent what you did say you know I I think it really resonated with people and it was real it was raw emotional um and that was something you know that's a along with the match like i feel like everything involved with that there's there so many moments you know what i mean um and that yeah. was a cool one to send them home with
2: yeah the uh promo ahead of time was a lot of fun to put together yeah yeah, yeah. That was yeah. And, and it was in the
1: graveyard
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a little morbid josh uh i i had it in my mind i was like yeah i'm gonna do a promo in a graveyard it's gonna be you know laying prestigious to rest <laughs> and then we get there to shoot it and i'm like wow this is uh this is kind of fucked up. I'm not gonna lie. Like, like, <laughs> like I'm I'm kind of promo over all these actual legit shoot dead bodies here, and uh, it's it seemed a little fucked up, but I thought it played really well, and it was very important to show that first pedestal that we had talked about earlier here in, in that promo. And that whole promo is lit littered with pedestals because we knew at that point that the pedestal was going to be the climax of this prestigious story heading into the match.
0: So we'll take a step back even before that. You're going to the building, John, that day. And this is your, you would kind of know, you you knew this is going to be the end yeah. and the end of a lot of things. Yeah. And for, for your Limitless run at this point, um, the end of this team, the end of this storyline, take me through kind of what you were thinking going to the building. And when you get there, you're feeling through a day. Take me through all that.
2: I was an emotional little bitch all day. Randy can tell you that. I came up to him and I was, I was like very, what's the right word? I was was nervous and I never get nervous performing. I never get nervous on air, but I was really nervous because I didn't know how this whole grand story that we were bringing to an end was going to get over with the crowd. And it was sad for me because I mean, Randy knows this. And you know, this too, Josh, I love this organization. Limitless changed my life literally i don't have the job i have right now without limitless wrestling and you know i I knew that this would probably be the end for me for a while and i felt we had told such a great story to this point and it was just so important to me that we hit it because if we fucked up that that would undo everything in my mind whether that's accurate or not i don't know but i felt that way and yeah
0: so randy going into this obviously you've uh been with john for a long time part of the storyline and, and all this stuff putting aside you know his request for the private locker room and the limo and, and you know, <laughs> take up all the all the premium parking outside i mean after that relief i mean what were your what were your thoughts going into this
1: um i, I thought it was going to be a good close to everything that we had done to be honest i didn't i didn't feel any kind of way of uh being worried about anything or, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I was excited, honestly. Like, uh, that was one of those matches on the card where you, you have no, you know, uh, thoughts or uh, worries about it. You're just excited to see what the outcome is for everybody involved, because, uh, I think we all knew it was going to be pretty solid. And, uh, like I said, it blew expectations out of the water. And, um, I, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty, it was emotional. Cause it's like, you're watching, uh, you know three guys on a big stage who really grew through let's wrestle and and they had this presentation with john that just worked and got to a point where now they can all break off and be individual stars themselves you know and that a couple years ago without this that wasn't possible so to see that come to fruition and to see people uh give a fuck about the entire thing that's pretty cool
0: are you looking back at it are you are you happy where you put it on the card
1: No, (laughs) okay. To be very honest, no, I should have uh, flopped it back one match. Uh, The only thing I just didn't know uh, how the reaction would be to like sending him into intermission with John getting laid out, you know? Right. Um. Yeah, I should have put it one back. John, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate the sentiment from Randy there that you wanted to let that moment after the match breathe. And I actually do think it worked out because it allowed me to kind of recover a little bit and then go out there for intermission. And I had some really nice moments with some of the Limitless fans. So that was a lot, and and it meant a lot to me. Um, But, you know, the match itself, it had so many callbacks to the point where I am the first guy that I get involved with in the match is Channing because Channing's the first one that broke away. Then the second one I get involved with is Brett and I screw up his super kick that he's going to do. And then I go to disrupt both of them with the pedestal attempt in the same corner that the first one was attempted in. Channing is standing in almost the exact same spot that he was with Ashley, with Mac on his shoulders this time. And I feel like the whole prestigious story climaxed in the moment of the pedestal. And what a moment that was another standing ovation randy and it was just so cool to see those guys get that response from the limitless crowd because i think people reacted so well to that because they appreciated what they were seeing in that moment one of my favorite matches if not my favorite match i've ever been involved with and how do you feel about the finish randy how do you feel about Channing walking away with the win there? Because I know that you went back and forth. Legitimately, you went back and forth on should it be he or should it be Brett?
1: I think the being in the finals for Channing uh, probably does more for him right now than it does for Brett. And it, it, it opens up different avenues for Brett, I think, moving forward that uh, may have been a little harder if he had gone to the finals and not pulled it off.
2: Yeah. And then I think Mac turning on me after the promo, that's how this thing had to end. I recruited him to stable my limitless career. And now he's getting rid of me in order to stabilize his. And I just think that's that tells the whole arc of the story. And who knows? Maybe one day there's more to that chapter. But for right now, I couldn't be any happier with how this whole story was told. Um,
0: what's this guy? Oh, so we, we talked about last week when kind of how the match went and and your emotions afterwards and all that so people can listen to that they haven't already but after i don't i don't i don't know if you really kind of gone into what you were alluding to before you know you come out uh for the intermission and you're shaking a lot of hands i mean your your line was full uh all night. You weren't even, you know, signing gimmicks or anything like that. You I,
2: I didn't even make any money off it, Josh. Can you believe it? it and
0: I, I say I'm impressed. you know, you, you could have healed it up and put Hannah sanitizer on every time someone shook a hand or something like that. And, but, uh, but you didn't. Um, but yeah, I, I thought I, I was kind of observing from afar cause you had a, a very long line, but yeah, you were right up there with Max Caster in terms of uh, mm. people. Yeah. Should charge some money for that. Huh?
2: I know. No, but honestly it was very gratifying to me and fulfilling because I've never been a baby face in my career. So being able to be myself with these people was really, really fulfilling, really fulfilling. And letting them know how much I appreciated them meant so much to me. So uh, I know this may sound hard to believe, but it actually takes a lot out of me being an asshole. Like it really does. It's mentally exhausting. So to kind of be able to just be myself around those fans and express my appreciation to them and don't get me wrong i did sanitize my hands quite a bit afterwards but uh uh, especially when drifter came up and hugged me that was uh i don't know about that but (laughs) but but no man it it meant so much to me to have that and share that moment with those fans because they do mean so much to me and everyone listening to this you you all mean so much to me and randy you mean so much to me and it's it, it. it was the coolest night of anything I've ever done in wrestling. And I've covered a lot of crazy things and cool things, including a press conference where a fight happened backstage. But um, <laughs> it was awesome. So I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. And, and I'm eternally grateful, Randy, for you allowing us to tell such a great story that went almost two years. And uh, I just you're not going to see that kind of investment from indie promotions around the country. You just don't get that. And Randy has his finger on the pulse of what makes a great story. And I think that's why this small promotion from Maine has captured a lot of attention throughout the world. So uh yeah, man. I'm just so grateful for this story.
0: All right. A couple wrap up uh questions I have here. Uh we haven't really talked about what the the three guys involved in it the kind of thought about everything. And you guys obviously have t- talked with them a lot. And John, I guess we'll start with you. How did they think everything turned out?
2: Oh, they loved it. How how could they not? It was so tremendously done. And Randy, the goal of this was to elevate all three guys, and I think it's unquestionable that all three guys were elevated even beyond our expectations. When we yeah, I mean, uh, we
1: we'll, I feel like we'll have to talk to them sometime about this as yeah. well. Um, they'd have a better answer, but I, I do think in the in the grand scheme of Limitless, uh, in the grand scheme of connection with our crowd it really did wonders for all three involved because um you know who knows where uh if the presentation stayed the same uh how would mac have done alone how would channing and brett have done as a team on their own uh or uh you know would it have continued to be let's wrestle acts for a long time uh yeah it was just i think it was game changing for them um to solidify themselves in limitless wrestling
2: no, I mean, it's, it's not unreasonable to suggest that any three of them could be the Limitless Wrestling champion within the next year. Certainly. And I think that's the coolest thing about it. They went from, and this was the whole mantra at the beginning, they were pre-show players to now legitimate main event talent in Limitless Wrestling. And Mac, we didn't even talk about this, but Mac is the only Limitless Dojo student that has made it to this stage so far. That's true. So that's a huge credit to him and how far he has come and Channing, what he's doing with wrestling open right now, and Brett, everything that he's doing right now. The only regret I have is I wish they took the act as a trio on the road a little more, because I think they really could have developed even further coming off of that
0: uh let's see you know a lot of what happens uh you know over the next uh you know months with them and in the next year is going to depend on the booking john and I, I mean i don't know if you've seen this booking in limitless lately it is uh i don't know we'll see um let's <laughs> open some more laughs there. i'm just kidding Rough <laughs> uh in the mud um was there anything from brandy i guess we'll start with you is there anything uh that you would have changed out of how this whole thing went either um doing a different match, moving a date, you know, spacing things out, making more compressors. Is there anything you look back and you're like, I wish we had done that. We'll start with you. And then we'll go to John.
1: There's always things. And uh, I don't know. I feel like when you, when you watch it in the moment, there's always things you're like, okay, Um, you just feel it out with the wave of the crowd. Like uh, where could things have gone a little differently, but, I don't know. I don't like harp on them and give it a lot of time anymore because like you can just do better later. And not. you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think uh, a lot of the fuck ups are learning experiences. And I think that we I don't know, we, we had a lot of things kind of fleshed out with this and we had to be flexible along the way. And I think that um, especially getting to the the big moments that we wanted to, we were flexible in the right ways to get to where we wanted to go. So. Um, certainly there are things that I'd want to change along the way. You know what I mean? Nothing nothing like sticks out to me super glaring at the moment, but if I sat down and watched everything, I'm sure we could pick out a few together.
2: We had two climaxes in these this near two-year story, the first being the Davian match and the second being the triple threat, and we got standing ovations out of both. And there haven't been too many times in Limitless history that there have been standing ovations for matches. So I take a lot of pride in what everyone was able to pull off there, including yourself, Randy, from executing that story. And I think there's this amazing, if you really pulled point A to point B from the start of it to the end of it, there's this amazing story that is told of guys who are hungry and they go through the weeds in discovering themselves and eventually come out of it as new people and even on, on my story where in the Davey end match at the end of it, I'm at the lowest of lows to the end of the triple threat where I'm at the highest of highs before I come crashing back down to ground zero because of Mac. And I get ultimately what I probably had coming to me because of how I utilized Mac to position myself. So I just think the layers of storytelling are something that i will always appreciate for the rest of my career and i'm grateful for it man uh, there's really not much i would change about it truthfully uh, the only thing i would have liked was if i'd come back in february i we had talked about pairing us with uh maybe doing prestigious versus waves and curls and scotty too hottie i wanted to take the worm from scotty too hottie that was the only thing that we needed to do that uh that that didn't happen but yeah i, I loved it man
0: um, final question then I, you, you mentioned, you wish you, they'd been out on the road, uh, taking this, being able to take us out on the road. I, I, uh, I feel like there's again, I'm so conflicted saying this. I feel like there's still life in this team somewhere. I feel like the limitless story has been told, but I mean, with six man and trios, uh, titles uh, appearing and kind of being a bigger thing now, I mean, I imagine you, there'd be a bit of excitement, also a little bit of kind of like, huh? With if these guys were to appear in an AEW, dark in a trios match or, or try to try to run this back at some point down the line, you, you never know because reboots and, and reunions and all this stuff are all the rage. But um, yeah, I, I just, I just kind of want to throw it out there because it was in the, in the mm-hmm. back of my mind with opportunities, three young guys like this. This act was, was a great act. We talked about it for more than an hour now um, be kind of interesting if, if that happens. So I guess never say never. Right.
1: I, I don't know. How
2: do you feel, Randy?
1: I'm yeah, Josh said it. I mean, you can never say never. There's a lot of things throughout almost seven years, you know, that uh, I would have never thought we'd done again. We came back to it. So, um, I mean, I, I'm just so, I, I wouldn't say that's in my mind right now because I'm just so curious, like what the yeah. next six to 12 months is going to look like for these three as individuals, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, But, uh, everybody loves the nostalgia, you know. <laughs> <Everybody> <laughs> I mean, does
2: I think they would be stupid not to recognize how talented all three of them were together and how much they meshed? And should an opportunity present itself somewhere, Josh, I 100% agree with you. With that said. All three of them have been set up for single success, not just in Limitless, but outside of it too. And Channing is crushing it right now. Brett is crushing it right now. I'm hoping Mac, now that he's married and has all that, I I hope he can get back out there and, you know, put some focus on himself there as a singles act. But I never say never. And there's always great chances for callbacks. And there's more, maybe there's more to the story that can be told too in Limitless. So. Who's to say? I, I mean, what do you think, Josh? I, I want to pose it to you. Did do you think that this was a successful story? Do you think it elevated the guys? You're an unbiased journalist here. What's what's your reaction to it?
0: Yeah, I I, I, I love the three of them together, and I thought you were a a perfect uh, fourth in the group that was not a um, not a deterrent in terms of manager, man, being a manager or being a, some people don't like to refer themselves to me, I, whatever, you know, it, it, everything worked, you know, um, for handsome fellas for it. Just, I think that was the, there was a visual unity to all you guys, cause all you guys are, are young and, and, and have the, the fresh faced look and all that stuff, but are able to, to turn it on and be heels. I think everything just just worked uh the fact that the team could do various uh combinations of straight tag matches and also single matches and not feel like it was a detriment i, I thought was was good too uh the fact that there are a lot of different you know combos and and teams in limitless that uh, that worked into storylines like msp the circus ninjas uh we talked you know the press the uh, the Sea stars and, and the beckon in, and in davian storyline we talked about that uh that you were the 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 willing to be the right foil. I think that's important as well and not just do a cheaping out of it, but also kind of really fully commit. I think that was a, that was a really important part as well. I think, I think it worked. Was it the time to end? We'll, we'll see. But I think, you know, to your guys points that these guys are pretty well set up for what's next to them as single stars. And I think that, uh, this, everything, everything worked and broke as it should. There was nothing, you know, as I asked that question about is anything, would you change anything? There was nothing, um, there was nothing glaring to me i thought everything kind of hit at the right time um and everything just kind of broke at the right time and and the, the payoff was good with the you know the the vlc qualifier the you know the only the o- other option could have been you just do a, a straight three-way for max limitless wrestling title or the uh, let's wrestle title online that mm. could be an option as well but uh you know i think at the added you know the added stipulation of the you know being able to get into the vlc qualifier uh, did you need that? That's one of those things you can debate forever. Uh, I
2: had I had pitched to Randy at one point that I'm sorry that we're going long here. I know we're wrapping up, but I I had pitched to Randy at one point that we do the breakup a little differently, where I'm like kind of torn between everybody, and that I'd be the special guest referee for the triple threat match, not wanting to count for any of them. I think. but I think that might have been a little too complicated to get to. So yeah, uh, I I'm I'm so proud of it, and Randy, I mean this wholeheartedly. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have been given to tell this story in full and uh, it it helped me personally and professionally and for that I'm incredibly grateful and in debt to you for that so uh, thank you for that
1: I'm grateful that you guys uh, really knocked it out of the park with uh, pretty much everything that you were given man Uh, everybody really pulled their weight and were about it and uh, you know went above and beyond I would say from you know doing uh doing extra videos or promos day of show or day of taping to doing some at their house with the uh with the zoom calls you know what i mean it was everybody going the extra mile to pay this thing off
0: yeah john what's next for you as we wrap up
2: lots of podcasts my sister's getting married tomorrow so i got i got a whole lot of stuff going on but you know Never say never, man. Never say never. I, I think there's definitely legs to do more once you know. I kind of get to the place I want to be mentally. And I'm not looking at that anytime soon. But down the line, could be a lot of fun. We could do some cool stuff. And who knows? We'll see what happens. I love Limitless. I'll continue to support Limitless. Randy and I still talk about creative for Limitless. And I'm grateful to be part of that process. So, uh, yeah, it's it's awesome stuff.
0: Good. Someone else to blame for the booking.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes 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 you can totally when we uh, get when we get the ethan scott on the pole match you'll uh, you'll know where that came from
0: oh my god i'll cry tears of joy if especially if it happens at a wrestle prom oh my god dying to <laughs> no. heaven so again what's next for limitless of course for randy is saturday september 24th limitless wrestling 70 year anniversary chasing forever we talked about that we will uh preview that show in full the next time out but we're going to call it good. You know what to follow on social media, John Alba on Twitter, Randy underscore Carver LW on Twitter. I'm Josh Nason on Twitter. Obviously, follow the three prestigious guys on Twitter. I don't have their handles now, but they're very easy to find, I'm sure. And uh, support those guys. And Yeah, we look forward to hearing from them. And yeah, go back in the archives, YouTube, IWTV, watch everything that happened, follow along with this. And uh, this is fun. First time doing this here, and uh, we'll certainly be doing some of these things like this. Again, if we get something great like this, prestigious, the, the rain is over. We talked about it. And for Andy Carver and, and John Alba, I'm Josh Nason. And until next time, be prestigious.